Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. It's been a busy morning for both of us, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has yeah. been. We're back doing the podcast, but it's been a busy, a busy start to the day. As far as me, I got up super early to go striper fishing. I mentioned it on the stream when I was recording yesterday and uh, had no luck. No luck again. Darn. No luck fishing. But Have you caught anything yet this year? Because I know you've been fishing a few times. I mean, I've caught the with striper fishing you catch the herring the stripers chase the herring up the hudson and that's kind of what you're fishing for so you Mm -hmm. catch the bait and then you catch the stripers that are chasing the bait so i was able to catch the bait this time the last time i went i wasn't even able to catch bait so i did make progress but uh none of what i was actually fishing for so i think stripper season runs um it it, i mean it varies but Mm -hmm. it's a couple weeks to a month you know you typically so i probably won't go out again this year for for stripers if anything i'll focus my energy back on trout fishing and one of my um my uh new year's i guess resolutions or goals Mm -hmm. for like the past 20 years has been to catch a trout on a my fly fishing pole and I still haven't been able to do that. So I'm, I'm putting my efforts back into that and make that thing happen this year. Speaking of fly fishing, I am going to be joining the fly fishing club because I just oh. got a pole. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. My mom, okay. my mom's friend's husband basically gave her a really nice rod and whole setup. And there's like five or six different containers of like flies of all different sizes and shapes and there's that's like cool. one that looked like a grasshopper. It was really cool. So I'm excited to get those. I'll have to show them to you. <laughs> yeah, no, point. that's but awesome. Yeah, it was like a surprise. Like out of the blue, he just gave it to her and it's like a $300 rod. So that's I was awesome. Like, what? Yeah. Plus the flies. Flies are yeah. pretty expensive. So yeah. that's a, a, that's a ton great, of them. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And the, the leaders, all, all of that stuff that come with, came with everything. Um, So I'm excited to get my hands on that. I won't get it until the end of the month. But yeah, I'll be able to... uh you know, dabble in fly fishing a little bit, which I haven't been able to yet. So I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. I know you went for a little ride today uh, (laughs) on the horse. I did. (laughs) I'll talk about it a little bit really quick. People can skip ahead if they don't care. But um, so I know I didn't talk about it in the podcast last week, but last week I did have a little bit of an accident. Uh, The horse, I got knocked off the horse. So today when I got on the horse, it was just a ball of nerves because, you know, last week after I fell off, I landed on my butt, which is the best place to land. Um, <laughs> it's better than your head, but yeah. I got right back on the horse afterwards. We I tried to get me to do some more things with the horse and he tried to buck me off again and I didn't fall off, but it was just, um, a little scary to see a big animal like that acting like that and not listening to you. And mm-hmm. I'm not a very, uh, aggressive person when it comes to being on the horse either. I'm pretty passive. Um, and so this week when I got on, my instructor could tell I was a bundle of nerves. She was like saying how I was so tense and the horse is picking up on it. So instead of thinking we're going to start and just gradually go into a nice trot, he thinks that we're ready to just go and Mm. just run and canter. And it's like, no, I'm not there yet. (laughs) So I would get even more nervous and get even more tense. So she ended up having me do groundwork, which is kind of like you know, it's, it's like training a dog, you know, it's kind of like walking a dog on a leash. So you're like walking, you give him commands to stop. And then you go again and you're trying to have him turn. But with a horse, when you want him to turn right, you have to like push like all of your body weight against them. <laughs> so it was really funny. And then we got to do some trotting and it was kind of like running with a really, really big dog. Uh, really scary. <laughs> hmm. 
but it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was nice to see the horse actually listening to the things I was telling him to do. And it gives me a little more confidence. So next time I get on the horse, it's like, oh, okay, they will listen to me. if yeah. I tell them what to do. And I found out like I have this habit of I would do something and like look at the horse like, you know, do you want to do this with me or not? And Amanda's like, no, my my instructor she's like, no, you just have to go do it. Don't look at him for permission. Just do it. So um, I got a lot oh, better good. at that. But yeah, I think it's going to I get so in my head. So it'll probably be a little while before I get back to the confidence I had. But um, at least I know like we can do groundwork before each lesson to kind of build up my confidence. But um, yeah, I will just say I, I got really lucky with my fall. I didn't hurt myself. Um, my tailbone was a little sore, but after a couple of days, it, it worked itself out. Good. But, well, yeah. at least you got yeah. back to it. Yeah. Um, and no serious harm. I, I think, yeah. you know, that is something that happens when you ride horses. It, it's 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 going to happen. So it's, mm-hmm. you got it out of the way and you can get yeah. over it. And then if it does happen again next time, you'll, you'll be good to go. Yeah. It's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's when it's going to happen. So, yeah, exactly. you know, I'm like, I've been riding since August, so I figured it was going to happen soon enough. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it happened. But I think, you know, after I kind of get better at commanding the horse and and all that stuff, I'll be a lot. It'll be a lot easier. Let's jump into the news this week, then. That was a nice, nice little story time. But I'm ready to start yeah, talking about Nintendo stuff. we have Nintendo a lot stuff. of it. So. Tons. Yeah. Um, so first, let's talk. Our first story is uh, Nintendo apparently confirmed that there are many new games coming this year. Uh, the release of last year's fiscal reports that we talked about last week kind of left us wondering what would Nintendo bring net next only because they spent so much on resource or research and development. So in a Q and a that was published on May 13th, Shintaro Furukawa shared a bunch of just a couple updates, but it, I think opens up a lot of information that I think a lot of people are curious about. So the first thing was the influx of switch owners. One question addressed this. Um, you know, a lot of people bought a new switch during the pandemic. A lot of you know, Animal Crossing New Horizons brought a lot of new people into the Switch community, and uh, Furukawa used this as a moment to confirm that many new titles will be launching this fiscal year to keep those people interested. So mm. I'll read through his quote really quick. It's a little long, so bear with me. He said, after the release of Animal Crossing New Horizons, there was a substantial increase in the number of consumers playing Nintendo Switch. There was a gradual decrease afterward, but there was another considerable increase during the year-end holiday season last year, which, you know, Christmas, obviously, um, which reached the highest number of active users since the release of the Nintendo Switch. Although the number slightly decreased after the beginning of this calendar year, a lot of consumers are playing Nintendo Switch with the recent March release of Capcom's Monster Hunter Rise, so we don't think that the momentum is fading. Many new software titles will be released this fiscal year starting in the first quarter, which we think will help continuously expand the range of consumers that play Nintendo Switch to include those who haven't played Nintendo Switch in a while or are completely new users. You know, some titles they have in the upcoming schedule for 2021 that have already been confirmed is Mario Garf uh, Super Rush, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and there have been a few others. Those are the big ones. So with E3 right around the corner, it's next month, um, it'll be exciting to see what else they might announce. But I have a little bit of a feeling that it's, I mean, we've seen Nintendo do this before. They announce, they kind of like tease a little game like Super Smash Brothers, for example. And that's the only thing we see for months from them. So I'm kind of thinking, oh, they're just going to probably show Mario Golf content, uh, Skyward Sword content, Pokemon content. Like that's all the stuff they're going to talk about. 
So I don't, I mean, there's some rumors and we'll talk about those in a little bit, but I feel like based on what Nintendo's done in the past, it seems like that might be what they do. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, if nothing else, I think it's exciting that we know some more is coming out because yeah. we need it. And it's important to mention too that it's the fiscal year, which means it's not necessarily truth. Like not it's all not of these will become out 2021. They can yeah. be pushed into 2022. Two, it, as long as it's in, I think before March, I believe is where Nintendo ends mm-hmm. their fiscal year. So it, it, you know, th- that's a long time, right? We kind of just yeah. got into their their year, and I think that's where they're saying Mario Golf's going to be coming out and some of these other ones. I think initially these games that you mentioned are good, but I wouldn't consider that many. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping we're going to see a decent it i guess it helps me build expectations for e3 i think if e3 comes and goes and we don't have anything fairly substantial that was announced i would be a little upset because i between this one and a few other stories this week it seems like the momentum and and the expectation and anticipation for e3 is building and Mm -hmm. i'm really kind of getting excited for it so i'm hoping yeah really keeping my fingers crossed that we're going to get more than what we've gotten so far Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I hope, and it seems like everybody overall is pretty optimistic. I just always, I always have to manage expectations for Nintendo now because I always seem to get disappointed when I get too excited. So it's like a, you know, you're getting excited, calm down, relax. We don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. And and I mean, Mario Golf Super Rush is is a new title, whereas Legend of Zelda Skyward Swords a remake. You know, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pearl remakes. Like, Mm -hmm. you gotta have more than just that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Also in the Q&A, there was, uh, the struggle to keep up with pro- to keep production up with the demand was also noted. Um, we've mentioned in the past that there's currently a manufacturing crisis affecting a lot of aspects of the tech industry, video games being included in that, obviously. Uh, semiconductors of various kinds aren't available in enough volume to keep up with how many game consoles are being released. You know, you got uh, the PlayStation, you got Xbox. Luckily, this uh, Nintendo kind of bought as many semiconductors as they could for switches ahead of time so they kind of prepped i guess as good as they could Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is starting to hinder them a little bit so for a call addressed in more detail and again i'll read his quote here says as for production we achieved steady hardware production through the end of last calendar year and as a result in the previous fiscal year we set a record for our highest fourth quarter sales volume Meanwhile, demand for hardware continues to exceed our expectations even after the beginning of this calendar year, and production has currently not caught up to this high demand due to the tight supply and demand situation for semiconductor materials worldwide. Although we are currently striving to produce as many units as possible, the fact is our production plans are more uncertain than they ever were at the beginning of the previous fiscal year. Our our full year sales plan is based on the premise that we can secure the materials necessary for production, but if we are are able to produce more units, we will work hard to meet the strong demand and be able to ship and sell those units. Um, He also noted a couple other items that are affecting production, one being, um, you know, Europe supplies and stock have been affected due to the uh, blockage of the Suez Canal shipping route. Uh, mm. So that adds another level of strain. And of course, I mean, I feel like it, it goes without saying now the ongoing impact of the pandemic, um, you know, it, that's caused declines and, and delays and freight traffic and all that stuff. So it just seems like they're kind of optimistic, but still like cautioning 
there may be issues. So don't yeah. get too excited. Yeah. Just they're they're covering their bases. It seems they're managing like. expectations. It yeah, seems. exactly. It, so at exactly. least they're doing that here. <laughs> well, all right. So we've gotten that. We know what they're talking about games, and we've yeah. been going on and on about the rumors regarding the Switch Pro, whether or not that was going to happen. And this is kind of what I was just talking about, where there seems to be these these buildups and these rumors that are going mm-hmm. towards what could potentially be an amazing E3 or at least an amazing year if it doesn't happen during E3. One of the things that we reported on a while back was that the Switch Pro is a, a, a allegedly going to have an OLED display, which would be fantastic. And that very same point got brought up during the Universal Display Corp's recent Q1 investor call, where they asked specifically, is this a thing? Is this happening? Uh, And the company's CEO and director, Steven Abramson, actually said, quote, Nintendo has selected an OLED screen for the new Switch Pro due to OLED benefits of higher contrast and faster response times. So that seems pretty That's substantial. Yeah, yeah, this um that seems pretty pretty official and that seems pretty it's interesting that they would go and say that, but I guess if it's for investors, you do want them to be involved in understanding mm-hmm. where, you know, what's going on within the company. So the the fact that this information is potentially leaked from that is kind of interesting. Um obviously Nintendo does not want to kind of ruin this amazing commercial momentum they have with the current generation of the Switch. So they haven't announced anything. They haven't, re- they keep denying the fact that this is a thing, but yeah. it does seem like a lot of, a lot of rumors point to it being true. And, you know, the, what's the saying? If there's smoke, there's fire. There seems yeah. to be a lot of smoke around this <laughs> possibility. So I, I, I'm hoping and maybe, maybe fingers crossed, we will see, um, you know, maybe a big announcement for E3. It's not unheard of. I know, what is it, Mm -hmm. 20-some years ago, GameCube was kind of announced at E3. So I I think this could potentially happen. And I do think that this uh, CEO mentioning it kind of adds some legitimacy to the rumor. I mean, you wouldn't just come out and say something like that if it's not true and i guess the only thing we could question is whether or not this quote is you know is factual but um i i don't know there's a lot of potential there that this is actually going to finally finally happen we've been talking about it since essentially since the the switch came out so the maybe we're getting this will be the year maybe yeah and i mean the thing that made me stop for a second was the fact that he actually used the term switch pro like there's so many different things that have been up in the air like is it going to be the switch plus or, or the new switch or whatever they're going to call it I but don't... having the actual term switch pro used in an official way like this i found really interesting personally see i i don't think it's going to be called the switch pro i don't mm-hmm. think that's nintendo's way of naming it doesn't fit their sort of terminology i my question my reason for him quote being quote saying the switch pro is i'm thinking somebody asked him and used that term specifically saying you know we've heard rumors that there's going to be an oled screen in a switch pro oh, what okay. do you think of that and he just kind of used it because somebody that asked the question used it i really don't I just don't think that they would call it a Switch Pro. I think mm-hmm. that a Super Switch or yeah. a, a new Switch or a new Switch XL or something like that fits more in line with what the silly Nintendo names are. So Switch Pro, while it makes sense, I just can't see Nintendo using it. 
but who knows? I mean, yeah. I guess we'll find out when it eventually gets gets named. But uh, I think that was more somebody asked him and led him with that terminology. Maybe. And he just, yeah. just you know, used it. If anything, though, it does seem like a pretty legitimate um, source. Thing to, yeah, pretty legitimate source that it's in, in an official source. And that got me kind of excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so. Next up, we have a little bit of some weird news. Uh, Game Builder Garage, you know, we talked about it, it was released, all the cool things that it's going to be bringing. Um, and along with the reveal of the game, there was also a North American box art revealed. So basically that confirms there's going to be a physical release. Mm-hmm. But we say North American because unfortunately it seems that Game Builder Garage will only be available in a downloadable format in Europe. So they are not getting a physical game. Uh, this is according to Nintendo's latest release schedule. And a Nintendo representative also confirmed the digital file size of Game Builder Garage will take up about 995 megabytes of space on the Switch. Um, Nintendo hasn't said any details as to why they're not doing a physical release in Europe. Uh, I have a feeling, you know, with how they're having issues with fright and all that stuff, that maybe that had to have some kind of uh, impact on their decision. But uh, yeah, no other information beyond that. Yeah. Especially because it seems like it's going to be such a big deal. Like, everybody is so excited for this. You think that they would make a physical release available worldwide, but... Yeah. Yeah. That that is strange. strange. But who knows? Maybe it'll come out at some other time. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Nintendo does weird Nintendo things sometimes. (laughs) Most times. (laughs) Now, I would say the next story is arguably the most important story of all time when it comes to Nintendo... And that is game changer, if you will. It is a game changer. And that is that we have finally gotten what many have been asking for for years. And that is a calculator on the Switch. We now finally have, if you go to the Nintendo eShop right now, you can finally get that calculator you've been asking for. Uh, It's it's only going to cost you just $10. And you can have this amazing calculator on there. Now, on the eShop, the description is just, I mean, it really spells out just the mm. majesty of it all. It says it's a scientific calculator with a clear, easy to read, multi-line display, which should help with those not so easy to do math problems. It also goes on to say that the calculator has an appealing, modern, and practical design, sure to be popular with all students and engineers. Uh, this is silly. I cannot believe that this is, I cannot believe it's $10, um, but I don't know who was asking for this. I don't know who wanted this. It's it's very funny. Apparently students of, and engineers. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> Switch fans are having a lot of fun with this, reviewing yeah. it on like Metacritic. A lot of tens, tens across the board. A lot of the things that people are writing are kind of funny too. So it says, so many twists in the final half hour of this one. I'm a little awed at how far the developers took this. Didn't save anything for the inevitable sequel. And then game of the year. The game, the game has. I'm gonna say has. I'm yeah, gonna say it's a weird has. way to say it. The game has a good <laughs> price. Is best game I tried in my life. All the characters are balanced. Um, and then there's a couple of reviews on Wait, Reddit. That, that's a weird thing to even say about just an actual game. Like yeah. all the characters are balanced. <laughs> yeah, it's a very strange one. My thinking is maybe that's one of because obviously it's Metacritic giving a ten. Yeah. There's probably bots that are giving weird scores, probably. just like when you get bad scores. Now there's bots giving good scores for a calculator game. Um, <laughs> on Reddit, you're getting a lot of 
10 out of 10s, 9 out of 10s. One switch owner gave it a, a 9 out of 10 with a 500 word review where they <laughs> where they recorded saying, I can tell you right off the bat, the gameplay is lacking. The calculator is permanently in digress mode or decrease degrees. mode. <laughs> digress. I'm trying to class it up a little bit. Degrees mode. No radions in sight. Maybe good for the engineer, but not for the calculus student, exclamation point. Then <laughs> YouTubers are obviously hopping on board and um, by star or shovelware gave it an honest review where they went through and said, the calculator is a simulator simulator game where you, the user are dropped into a sandbox world populated <laughs> by numbers and funny sounding words like tan, kosh and CSC. No, and then no, no, no. They of, say, they say specifically and kisk. <laughs> kisk. Uh, one of my favorite ones though was um, finally an app I can count on. I thought yep. that was a really, so really good. good, cute, funny <laughs> one. And I calculate my chance of getting this to be 0.00%. So <laughs> yeah, you can now have a calculator. If the one on your phone wasn't enough, you can now have one on your Switch for all those, uh, I guess, calculation yeah. needs that you have. You want to so, do your taxes while you play games? Yeah. You can do that now. Yeah. Now you can yeah. do that for $10. Go. go get it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's silly. And it it's funny because in our um, our Discord, I forgot. I think it was was it Tiku that that mentioned that. Uh, I think so. They have an app on their phone that does the same exact thing. It actually looks a little bit better. So yeah, <laughs> it's just silly. Yeah, but definitely. I think the thing that is the best that has come out of this game being released is just all of the memes and yeah. the, the silly ruse. They're so good. Yeah. Well, next up we have a little rumor mill. Actually, we have a couple rumor mill uh, stories. So Apple is reportedly working on Nintendo Switch style hybrid console. A Korean forum, I don't think I'm saying this right, but I'm going to say it's Klein, is the source of a recent rumor that Apple is working on a hybrid console just like the Switch. It will supposedly be powered by a new system on a chip that is not part of Apple's A or M series, which that in itself I have a hard time believing because they are really pushing the M series stuff right yeah. now. Um it says the chip will apparently showcase enhanced GPU performance and ray tracing support. Ooh. Uh, it's also said that Ubisoft is one of the firms being consulted on its development. Uh, this is filed under the highly unlikely as the post does, the post doesn't the post that this story came from doesn't source any information, but it didn't stop it from circulating on Twitter and Reddit and all those fun places. Uh, Tech Radar, who are usually on top of these kinds of rumors, have stomped this one out completely. They said. Um, uh, they say Apple has historically not been all that interested in gaming hardware besides the the big flop of the Apple Bandai Pippin um, and instead prefers to use gaming software to enhance customers to purchase other actual Apple products that already exist, such as the iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Um, it's possible that Apple might be working on a new system on a chip which does offer those gaming boosts like the ray tracing stuff, but it doesn't mean it's actually going to go into production, um, let alone they're making hardware specifically for it. So just an interesting little thing that was hot, just circulating around and uh, caught our eye. Yeah, I think if anything, this one's worth mentioning just because we don't believe it's true. Yeah, I think that it <laughs> would be very out of character. I know that, like you had already mentioned, Apple, you know, dabbled in this a little bit with Pippin, but mm -hmm. it went nowhere. And I cannot see them interested in this market in any way, shape, or form unless Especially it's somehow right enhanced what they already have, you know, like uh, controllers that hook onto an iPhone or something mm -hmm. to that effect, which they do sell. So I can't see this actually being anything. The The idea of having ray tracing of any kind on a handheld device is silly because 
you've got super powerful, you know, GPUs on computers that can't even do it most times where, yeah. you know, you have the the Series X on the brand new Xbox and they, they don't even do it that well. So I think that the idea of a little handheld doing it is is just crazy to it me. It might this do would be, it for two minutes, then it just melts in your hand. Yeah, this would be some <laughs> this would be some serious new tech that they're trying to develop if that was the case. And I can't yeah. see them doing it for a completely new market. I would imagine that would go into, you know, some of the devices they have right now that are extremely popular. Um but who knows? I guess, you know, you never know for sure, but I just can't see yeah. this one being being possible at all. Especially with how competitive it is right now with yeah. in the market with these kinds of devices. I mean, how many times do we a month probably talk about a rumor that well, yeah. there's going to be a Switch competitor or whatever? And they always disappear. I, can't, I just so. can't see Apple care. Like, I don't think they're looking no. at Nintendo and what risk. they're doing and saying, you know what? We need to get a part of that. We need to be in <laughs> yeah. there. We can do it better. I just can't see that fitting into their product line. It just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense right now. I think that they, if anything, would, would work. If they really wanted to start supporting games, they'd work on being able to support games better with their existing existing lineup. tech yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know you can there's so many games you can't even play on your iMac or your MacBook or even your phone because it's just it's just not supported or for what various reasons so yeah I think if we saw that happening then maybe if they came out with GPUs that could handle games better maybe but uh not on its own dedicated device it's just not gonna happen. yeah I now agree. a rumor that may happen and i do think this one is more likely at least than the apple rumor and i think all of us metroid fans are in need of is some good news regarding metroid (laughs) there is currently a rumor kind of going out there and around making its rounds from zippo who is a leaker that has mixed kind of a mixed record. I, I don't want to say it's flawless. They haven't nailed it every single time, but they they have had some sec- successes and they are not known for just making like things up completely out of the blue. There's usually some level of truth to whatever they leak. Uh, this rumor specifically is saying that we are going to be getting a new 2D Metroid game developed by Mercury Steam um, that it is completely done already and that essentially we're just waiting for Nintendo to announce it, which again, going back to what we went two stories ago, E3? three stories ago, E3 potentially <laughs> could get this announcement. That would be amazing to have. It's not prime, but I would mm-hmm. definitely take a 2D game. Now, if you think Mercury Steam sounds familiar to you, that is probably because you remember them from doing Metroid Samus Returns for the Nintendo 3DS not that long ago, which again, we didn't get that on the Switch for whatever crazy reason. Um, But I would be all for a 2D remake or a 2D new 2D game, I should say. Uh, The Samus Returns was really, really well received. So they seem like a development team that can handle it, that can do a great job. I am all for this. And there, this kind of goes hand in hand with rumors from back last year, early last year, like January of last year, where people were saying there was a 2D Metroid game already in development, but nobody was attached to it. It wasn't really sure what happened. And now we're getting this rumor. So maybe these are kind of playing out and we're finally starting to get something. I, I don't know. I really do hope, though, because I think that would be fun. Yeah, and, and then in addition to that, there was sort of this throwaway that there's a new Fire Emblem in development. And that Super Mario Party 2 
is also in development on its way. So that could, that's interesting. But for me, um, the big one is, is another Metroid game of any kind I'm excited for. I was excited for you when I saw the story because I just said last week after you talked about the the bad news that about Metroid, mm. I was like, man, you just every time you get a Metroid story, it's always bad news. But I was happy that this was kind of optimistic. <laughs> yeah, us us uh, Metroid fans need a win here at yeah. some point. We just need a something. win. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully this is the one. I, you know, I will take this, and I would love to play a really cool, well done two D Metroid game until we get Prime at some point. Whenever that will be. Whenever that is. <laughs> um, the last story we have, well, well, we kind of missed it last week. It's something we should have talked about last week, but neither of us, I think, saw the skit yet. I didn't catch it until <laughs> after we already recorded yeah, it. I knew yeah. it was coming, but I just slipped my mind. Um, so Elon Musk was the guest on SNL last Saturday. I guess two Saturdays ago when the podcast comes out. Uh, but they had a really funny skit where Elon Musk was Wario mm-hmm. and he was being accused for the death of actual Mario during a go-kart race. <laughs> it's like this whole courtroom scene and then it turns into, uh, I mean, you know how SNL skits go. They kind of spin out of control and get kind of crazy. But mm-hmm. it was funny seeing him as Wario because it it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and um it was funny too cuz Grimes his girlfriend also like popped in as Princess Peach. Yeah. <laughs> and she did a really good job as Princess Peach. But it was it was it was funny. So if you haven't seen it and if you're into SNL, you should probably check it out. <laughs> yeah, I would say that it was it was just funny. It was it was funny to see Nintendo, you know, on SNL in any way. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. out of the blue, you know, of all skits. It was kind of a strange one for that to pop in there. So I thought it was kind of cool. And I ended up watching because I usually record it so I could fast through a lot of the junk that's on SNL. So I ended up watching it, but it was after we recorded the podcast. So I wasn't able to mention it. But uh, yeah, I thought it was fun to check it out. It was Elon was a uh, strange host. He, He is a strange character. His mannerisms, his everything about him was odd. So, but it it, it worked in some of the skits and not so much in others. But overall, <laughs> I thought this one was a funny one. Yeah, Ellie, tell the judge instead of hitting like the desk or like a wooden thing, she hit like a question mark cube and yeah. it made a little noise. It's like ding ding ding, <laughs> and then at one point she does it and she's like, "This is fun." <laughs> yeah, she just enjoyed doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. So uh, yeah, <clears throat> check it out, everyone. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to our top 10 bestsellers of the week. In first, we have Pokemon Snap. Second, Among Us. Third, Minecraft. Fourth, Mario, K- Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. My mouth is not working. <laughs> Fifth is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Sixth, Super Mario 3D World. Seventh is Super Mario Party. Eight is Miitopia. Ninth, Stardew Valley. And tenth, Monopoly. In my prediction last week, I was so close. I thought Subnautica was going to make it into the top 10. But they didn't. They made it into the top 30, though. So Subnautica was in 14th and Subnautica Below Zero was in 20th. So I'm still happy they were up there. Maybe next week. I mean, um, that's not bad because the game came out Friday. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> I wouldn't and- be surprised if it moves into the top 10 this week because now mm-hmm. people will see it. They'll he- hear about it. They'll hear reviews. Um, and I think those sales will probably go at least push it into the top 10 is my well, guess. Even- even uh, so, I did the show notes last night, and then from then to this morning, Subnautica was originally in 16th place. Now it's 14th. So yeah. both both Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero went up two spots in just nice. 
a matter of like 12 hours. So yeah, I think uh, yeah. we'll see it in the top 10 next week. Yeah. All right. So now we've got new releases we're into this week and I will go first. We have May 19th is Sunless Skies Sovereign Edition. Now this one is an adventure strategy role-playing game. It's $25, a little steep. So you got to really make sure this is something you're going to like, but you get to create your own character, which I always love. And you get to select your crew, which I always loved. And you're captaining a sort of a steampunk uh, spaceship essentially. And it's got a lot of story elements and it's kind of HP Lovecraft and HG Wells and all of these different inspired, uh, you know, story types that you know and love that you're familiar with. You're going to go through a bunch of different regions in the game. So you're going to be able to see celestial wilderness and possible industrial empires, all kinds of stuff that you get to explore and kind of check out. There's going to be real-time combat, which I think is kind of cool. You get to upgrade, mm. which I always like upgrading, whether it's your engine or your equipment or weapons or all that kind of stuff. So I like the RPG and story base. Like I, I like that kind of stuff. This one's interesting looking. And we did look at Sunless Seas. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember how far back that was, but I, I know I checked that one as well. And this is the same development, same uh, people that made that one. So I think it's really interesting. Essentially, it's a top down. You know, if you think back to like GTA one and two, that's kind of the game you're going to be playing here. But mm-hmm. I thought it looked interesting. Twenty five is a little C for me. So I only gave it the single check because I, I'll put it on the wish list when the price drops. Maybe I'll pick this one up or if we get a code, we'll review it. But uh, it's something we're checking out because it seems well done. And I like what it's inspired by. I, I like the solar world they're creating. Yeah, I had to check on this, too. Because it looks really well done, and I really enjoy that kind of steampunky sort of mm-hmm. look. But the type of game, I don't necessarily go for. So I was yeah. a little hesitant. So I'm, I was happy that you checked it too. Um, but because it does look like it gets a little bit of shoot 'em up sort of type of a game. Kind of, yeah. Yep. Um, and that's not usually stuff I'm, I'm into. But it does look really interesting. It looks really well done. I like all the things it's inspired by. So check on that one. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have a check on. It's on May 20th. And uh, so a little story time going into this. I re- I texted Michael this past week and I said, I think I want to try playing more horror games because when I played, I think it was called In the Rays of Light. When I streamed that game, there was a really scary part in a dungeon. I talked about it in the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, and if you watch that stream, you know it was stressful for me, but I had so much fun in it. I, like after the game was done and I was like, phew, I made it through it. I wanted to play it again. <laughs> Just that part. Um, so I said to Michael, I said, I think I want to start playing horror games. So I texted my dad too, because he watches the podcast or watches the streams. And I said, if you think of any games that are on the switch that you want me to try that are in like the horror genre, horror puzzle game genre, uh, let me know. And he said, you should check out Layers of Fear. And I was like, okay. So funny enough, Layers of Fear 2 comes out this week. Uh, It is a sequel to the first Layers of Fear Legacy, which is uh, also on Nintendo Switch for $20. And it's about a madness engulfed painter striving to create his magnum opus. Um, And I did watch a couple playthroughs of this forever ago. And it looks really cool. So I'm really excited for Layers of Fear 2. It's a first person psychological horror game. And it puts puts you in the shoes of a Hollywood actor on an ocean liner so completely different um 
area compared to the first game, a uh, different atmosphere, but I think it will be pretty bonkers. So after Bioshock, these are the games I will be playing. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not really into this kind of stuff too, too much. This one seemed interesting and kind of seemed in line with Bioshock. I was getting some Bioshock vibes off of the trailer, it's dark for sure. but then it just kind of went off in a weird directions. And I, the, the trailer sort of lost me. I liked what I saw that seemed story based, but then it had like these flashes of things. And I, it just kind of lost me there. So we'll have to see maybe once while you're playing it, if it, if it interests me, I'll check it out. I don't think it's a game that you would buy. I think it's no. a game that you would watch someone else play. And I'm only going to be, I'm the only reason I'm getting it is because I'm going to be streaming them. Yeah. Um, but I would not play these on my own in the dark. I don't think just for like <laughs> enjoyment reasons. Yeah. Just, gotcha. yeah. But I, I'm really into, I think there's just like creepy, scary stuff that happens like dolls moving and when they shouldn't. And uh, yeah, I want to be scared, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's cool. I mean, yeah. that would be a good one, especially once we get into like October again. I like that kind of stuff. It feels right. But I know you're jumping into it before that, but still kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. Be in, Probably some good clips anyway. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Now, another one that I checked, which would be no surprise to anybody, is Rise of the Slime for $15. I gave it a single check just to keep it on the wish list. I love me some deck building games, and this is exactly that. This is sort of a cute twist though you typically fight the slimes and in this game you are the slime and you're, and you're building a deck of cards that you're going to use to battle your way and be a hero so it seems like it's uh at least it's being advertised as sort of a relaxing slash strategy deck building adventure and i think that's really cool and i liked the artwork quite a bit it's very cute and it just seems well done it's crafted well and um i gave it a check why not add another deck building game to my already extremely ridiculous collection of deck building card games you love deck building games i do i don't <laughs> think all of them are that good though that's the thing so when yeah. i see one like feria i've been playing feria off and on whether it's on i have it in two places i have it on steam and on our switch mm -hmm. and i really think that one is excellent that one i don't talk about it a lot because it's a deck building game and that's not everybody's thing but if you are somebody that's a fan of deck building games feria is just beautiful it's an absolutely gorgeous deck building game but there's mm -hmm. this element of a they call it like a living battlefield or a living board game where you're part of what you do not only do you play a card that you are attacking other cards or attacking the other player but you have to play cards you have to play lands that actually build land that you can move your cards to so it's really really fun interesting strategic game and i i mean there's not a lot that do it well we don't have magic on the switch we don't have hearthstone on the switch which are you know some of the most well-known and beloved deck building games yeah. so feria i would say is a close third and you know i any of the other ones i look to like rise of the slime or um uh slay the slay the spire which is supposed to be fantastic which i also own i just haven't had a chance to play it yet but mm -hmm. When, when I see a game that looks decent, I got to at least check it because I, yeah. I do like those kind of games. Um, and they're just a, they're a nice one because, you know, if I'm playing games like The Long Dark, those tend to be a very you, – you, you are very dedicated to it. You're, you're engrossed in it. You have to play it or Witcher 3. You're not – 
skip picking up playing for 20 minutes and putting it down. So I like having these to offset those games. It's yeah. not something I pick up and think about after when I'm done. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. So the next game we both have checked is called Just Die Already for $15. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an old People Mayhem sandbox game created by the designers of Goat Simulator. So if you know Goat Simulator, you know it's just this really wacky, off-the-cuff, there's goats doing weird things. Um, similar to the tone of Untitled Goose Game. And what was the cloud game that you played, Michael? Um, Rain on Your Parade. Yeah, Rain on Your Parade, kind of similar to that. Yeah. So so uh, the description is you're an old retired person in a near future where people aren't having any children. There isn't anyone to pay for pensions due to those ungrateful millennials who prefer playing video games instead of doing actual work. With no one to cover your living costs, you, just like all other old people in this world, have no other choice but to survive on your own. Uh, so you can play alone or you can play with up to four players in online multiplayer. I think this is one that we may have to stream because it sounds ridiculous and I'm already an old person as it is. So uh, maybe I'll just be really good at the game. Yeah, maybe this one looks so <laughs> potentially stupid, but also stupid in a so good way. bad that it could be hilarious to play. Yeah. And it's one of those games where I probably would not like kind of like you said with the, the horror game you mentioned, I probably would buy this and just play it on my own just for the fun and like oh, I, I like this game. I think the fun is playing it for streams or playing it with people. Yeah. And it's just going to make you laugh because the physics are so ridiculous or things are just happening that are so ridiculous. So yeah, I, I gave this a check as well because it just seems like one of those kinds of games that you're just going to laugh while you're playing it. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, why not have a great time? Yeah, I agree. Sounds I did see some people, I think, stream it here and there, just kind of like, just a couple clips here and there and it does look hilarious so. yeah awesome yeah, yeah i think that'd be a fun yeah. one I, I hope we get a key for it but if not it would be Fingers a fun crossed. one for us to to get and play on the stream mm-hmm. uh the next one i have checked the last one i have checked actually is may 21st it's called knockout city we already mentioned this a while back because there's a demo this is a free to play and i believe it's still free to play and um i don't know if this is a official release of the game or if this is another trial for the game because the last time i already played it it was a limited time trial and it seems like this may also be a limited time trial even though they do say the release date so i'm not Mm -hmm. entirely sure which one we're getting but now it seems like this is a more extended demo this is everything yeah like now Mm -hmm. you're getting to play the whole game is what it seems like um and then i do believe that this will translate to the full game when that comes out you know whereas the others didn't do that it was sort of a locked you're you're playing the demo and then it's done this one you're actually getting to play it and then uh, that'll carry over when it's released yeah i do remember reading that you have to decide to switch to the full game before the trial ends otherwise you'll lose oh okay Okay. yeah yeah i think so is the because i was looking at this and i was reading through it i was kind of confused because i do see that it says it's for 10 days only so Mm -hmm. obviously it is a limited trial okay we got that now but it's like a time trial is it so you're saying i have to decide to buy it before that trial's over yeah and then Mm -hmm. when does it come out did it and then did it mention it comes out so it comes out may 21st but you have to buy it before before the 10 days are up 
That's that's the impression I was getting so from what I read. That, cuz mm-hmm. that's what I thought too. It did say, yeah. everything I said said May 21st, but it does say that it's a limited trial. So maybe it's a so trial it's like for 10 for days. First, yeah, it's it the game is free for the first 10 days it comes out and then it's not free anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll definitely report on this next week when when we get more information on it because yeah. we'll have a chance to play it because I didn't see anywhere what it will actually cost. And I'm I'm yeah, curious to see either. what they're going to charge for this because mm-hmm. that could be a make or break too, depending on because I my time with it was a lot of fun, but yeah. I also don't want to pay thirty dollars, forty dollars, fifty dollars for a, another battle royale game. So yeah, especially when Fortnite is free, yeah, as well, yeah. But yeah, I don't know, and and it's interesting because it's like okay, well, is the game actually going to cost anything, or do you just have to buy a bunch of things via microtransactions? Because it does say that it, it, you're basically gonna they're unlocking the entire game for free. So there's no level cap, no microtransactions and no barriers. So what is going to be a microtransaction is going to be the interesting thing. Like, what are you going to charge us for? Yeah, I don't know. So I, I would it'll imagine be interesting if, to see how that switches over. <laughs> I would imagine that it's going to be like Fortnite in that you can buy different skins. You can buy different mm. clothing, things like that. Those would be the microtransactions. Uh, but it's in a, it's a weird way that they're doing it where it's free yeah. and then not free. You know what I mean? Where well, you can maybe play it. it will be free, but it's then it's you do have the level caps, the microtransactions and the barriers. Yeah, it could be. Until you buy more. Yeah. Could be. We'll see. We'll see. It's it is kind of strange how they're wording it and how they're kind of rolling it out. But yeah. Yeah. So the last game that I have checked is called Cosmic Top Secret, also coming on the 21st for $10. The game looks very unique, so I will say it might not be for everybody, but it definitely piqued my interest. It's an educational adventure puzzle game. So the term Cosmic Top Secret is the actual weird but official name that NATO would use for top confidentiality, which is a fitting name for the game because it actually needed military clearance to be released. Um, It won multiple awards for the innovative ways that it engages players in a deeply in deeply documented plots. So everything is based on everything in the game. All the stories in the game are based on real stories from official military documents and missions. So you see missions about um, like different spies and just all the different things they show in the trailer. I guess I would just convince you to watch the trailer and you'll kind of get a better understanding, but there's like spy missions that she'll talk about. Um, And the girl who I think designed the game, she has a little quote here. It says, like a million others, I'm an ordinary kid of the Cold War, just a very curious one with parents working in intelligence services. By getting to know me and my family better, you might see yourself and even feel the itch to investigate your loved ones. Um, Just my general (laughs) recommendation of the game is it looks interesting. Watch the trailer and see if it might be for you. I'm really interested in that kind of stuff, so I'm into it. I know it's a very niche thing. Um, the look of it is really interesting too. It's like cut paper collage, kind of like the designer like took these documents, these official military documents and cut them up and turned them into butterflies and and really it, just really interesting things to kind of build an atmosphere in the game. So just really interesting. Uh, I, I, I really like I really like when I see games do things different like this. Yeah, uh, it gets me excited because it's so different from what you're used to. And it kind of seems like maybe it was a student project that just continued. They continued working on it. Um, but yeah, really cool. I, I liked the idea of it and the concept, yeah. but I didn't like the, the like the actual 
the execution. Of it. Yeah, yeah, the execution I thought was kind of I don't know. At it, first, it, at well, first it, it turned it me off. Me. At first it turned me off, but then as I start as I watched the trailer and started learning more about it, I was like, oh, okay, this is like conceptually it's starting to make kind of sense. Yeah. Um, make some sense, not make kind of sense. That makes no sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it probably wouldn't be for everybody, but if you are interested in that kind of stuff, check it out. Yeah, there you have it. Mm. It reminded me of uh, like Dada. If if any if there's any like art mm. kids out that like Dada mm-hmm. is on the Dada movement. It kind of felt a lot like that to me, where it was like the cut, you know, paper experimental. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it it I like the concept. I like where mm-hmm. they went with like the story and the way they tell the story and stuff. But you'll have to get that one and let me know, or yeah. or maybe stream. I hope we get a code or something for it. That would be but, a good one for because for ten dollars for like kind of an experimental game like this, I'm not sure, yeah. but. I mean, the coolest part to me was she was, it seemed like she was her, there was one part in the show where she's the character and it's like, she's interviewing her own father and it's like a little video, but it's like her character in the game talking to the video of her father. And Mm -hmm. he's like, she's like asking for questions. He's like, well, I can't really give you details on that. They'll kill me. Like stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Right. Well, that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? And Christina, what have you been playing? Just Bioshock 2. That's it. <laughs> oh, well, all right. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I know you've been streaming it, so. Yes, I have been streaming it. So, but That's... I mean, last week was the last week of school, so it was yeah, busy week. Busy. And gotcha. this next week is going to be busy for other reasons. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I've been playing, I actually been playing and streaming The Long Dark. I finally finished episode three of The Long Dark, which I'm extremely excited about. Uh, episode three, I think I've mentioned a couple of times, but episode three really dragged on for me. I felt the pacing of episode three mm. uh, is is longer or more drawn out than it needed to be or should have been. I think that they can really, and I hope they refine it for episode four when that is eventually released. Someday. Because I think that the storytelling, I think the story they're trying to tell is interesting. And it does keep getting me in, like spark my interest in what is actually happening in the world that they've created of Winter Mute. But I just, the, like in, in episode three, there was so many times that you would be making progress and then all of a sudden you had to go and do something else. And it just, the 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 pace of the game just just crapped right out and it just like not only is everything you do in the game kind of slow anyway because you're walking you're you know walking long distances in snow and it's already kind of slow paced as it is but then you had to keep going back and forth back and forth to make this happen and man it was it was very very challenging so uh i'm done with it i would say out of five i'm at somewhere around a 2.5 slash three for the long dark in general, but I would say primarily that's because episode three really seemed so much slower paced than the other two did. And maybe because it was longer, it seemed like they wanted to flesh it out more, but not a lot happened. The progression in the story really went nowhere uh, Mm -hmm. until the very end, the almost the entirety of the episode, you make no forward progression in the story. And to me, that's just, it's unacceptable. It was like 20 hours of gameplay and it just went nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So you got two episodes left that are supposed to come out in this five episode uh, narrative. I don't know when they're coming out. I hope 
you know, by time they do come out, whether it's this winter or whenever, um, I'll be look, I'll be like ready to play it again. And maybe having that break will make me ready to play it again. But for now, I'm happy that it's done. And because it's done and Friday came out, uh, Subnautica was released. I am yeah, now playing Subnautica and I am so excited to be playing Subnautica on Switch. <laughs> I Like I had said, I played Subnautica on Steam um or on epic or whoever had it um, on the computer i played subnautica there i really enjoyed it quite a bit but i only made it roughly halfway maybe a little past halfway i, think you, I would say two-thirds of the game okay so i made it through yeah. two-thirds of the game yeah um and but i never finished it so once mm-hmm. i heard that subnautica was coming out on the switch i said well there's no reason for me to play it anymore i'll just start over on switch and stream it so that's what i'm doing now i am playing it all stream and on stream just to keep the keep it going and, and because i want to play it i just don't want to always stream it um mm-hmm. i'm really really enjoying it i will say playing what i've played so far i think i've played it in des and in, in docked and handheld it performs very well in both uh, there's some pop-ins, there's some, you know, like the fog and things of that of the ocean are probably more prevalent than they would be on Xbox or on the computer. But I will say that it seems to play very, very well. I remember when I played on my computer, I would have to mess around with the graphic settings quite a bit to get it to be as beautiful as I could while still performing decently. And that was sort of a delicate balance I had to keep going back and forth with. Whereas this, there's not a lot of settings to play with. It just is what it is. And I think it looks really, really well. And the fact that it's a handheld, you can bring it wherever you want and play it. I think it is amazing. Um, That being said, there are pop-ins, like I mentioned, and I have noticed some stuttering here and there while playing it. If I get into certain spots, I'll notice it kind of freaks out a little bit once in a while. I don't think it breaks the game for me yet, but it is something that I hope eventually gets patched. And it seems like they're being very, very good about feedback. It, I actually got a pop-up in the lower corner that said, if you know, we're looking for feedback on this game, mm-hmm. if you want to help us out to, to report make bugs, it better, like yeah, to report yeah. bugs and things like that, which I will probably be doing because if they can get rid of that pop it in and out a little bit more or the little bits of uh, uh, like um, coral that's kind of floating where you can see that it's not quite on the rock face. It's kind of like floating off. Certain yeah. things like that I've noticed throughout the game. Again, nothing that's breaking it. Nothing that makes me say, oh, I, I don't want to play this. But if you can fix it, why not, right? Why not mm-hmm. report it and get it fixed if it's possible? Did so, you report those things? I, no, I haven't yet because I'm going to mm-hmm. put together. Okay. Like, you have to do – you could do it through um, – the only way I played it was docked when I noticed that. So mm-hmm. I want to do a handheld because then I can type on it easier. You know, you could type oh, out I a see. little like, here's yeah. what I'm seeing. And then you can put um, like whether it's a bug fix or it's feedback. And then you could mm-hmm. they have like some emoticons that you can use to show how important or less important. Can you send screen grabs too? I don't. It didn't seem like that was an option. Mm. But for the stuttering, you really wouldn't be able to capture it anyway. No, no. But like graphic stuff, you might be able to. Yeah. For graphic right? stuff, you would if, if that was a possibility. I, it doesn't seem like it is. I think you just mm-hmm. have to explain what you're seeing and what's happening. Um, I would say of all of the things that are are tough is the is the stutters that happened occasionally. And it's only because it's like, you know, sometimes you may be in the middle of a battle and you don't, that little hiccup, it, it could make a difference. So. Uh, 
all in all, it's fantastic. It's so surprising to me that it even functions at all, let alone as well as it does. And it does look really, really pretty from what I've seen so far. I'm excited to keep playing it and kind of really push it because there's a lot of times I was like swimming real fast through, you know, really congested areas because I wanted to break it. I was trying to see where, um, you know, what, how much, how much can it take before it starts stuttering or before I get frame rate drops or things like that? And, and it seems like it's doing okay. So we'll see as we get into harder areas. The one thing that I noticed when watching your stream that I would find the most aggravating was you were running out of air and you were kind of panicking and you're trying to get out of this cavern to get to the surface. And it wasn't properly, um, like, populating the area to get out yeah so it's like I would you like weren't really sure cave no and not even that it's like you would look down a cavern it was like loading in weird chunks mm, gotcha, do you remember yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's like translucent chunks and so you're not really sure like is that a, is that something i can just swim through really fast or is it something where it's like it doesn't actually lead out of the cavern you're not yeah. really sure um that to me would be the biggest issue because that's such a big thing in the beginning of the game clearly yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't you don't know that, obviously, but air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've gotten quite a bunch of extra gear now, so air is less of a yeah. problem now. So <laughs> but in the very beginning, if you if you're not familiar with Subnautica, uh it's a it's much it's very much like the long dark. It's a survival game, but I um it's it's a lot of fun. You should definitely check it out if you mm-hmm. haven't. Uh, the Switch, I think, is going to be a great place to play a game like this. Yeah, so. I'm excited to see you play more of it. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm, I'm ready to get back to it. That yeah. wraps it up for us for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, as always. If you'd like to write us, please feel free. Head over to NintendoDispatch.com. Go to our contact page. You can write us right there. You can watch us, as we mentioned, over at Twitch. Uh, we're right at Twitch tv forward slash nintendo dispatch and then you can chat with us at any time you can reach out to us on twitter at dispatch podcast or on discord where we have our links and all that fun stuff over at our website so feel free we always love to talk to anybody and kind of sometimes people reach out to us about stories that popped up for them and it's always fun to kind of yeah it's always fun (laughs) to chit chat about that kind of stuff so please feel free but until then this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.